Hi, this is Ashley Pelkey from the Adelaide Rush. You are listening to Rushcast, a podcast all about Adelaide Rush ice hockey. Venus, left-hand side, Adelaide Rush, power play for the next minute, 55, 9.48. Reynolds all the way, Reynolds shoots. Reynolds scores, and another great reward. A very happy player lying on the ice. Now yeah. right comes into the zone, left-hand side for, for the... For the rush, they have the advantage. Iris on the point. Venus looking Shot. for somebody in front. In front, and the rusher on the board. Pelkey, captain, scores. Well, hi. Welcome to the very first ever Rushcast here. Uh, my name's James Meston. I'm a huge fan of the Adelaide Rush, and I have been for... I guess many years for as long as the rush has been around and back in the uh, adrenaline days, I was following the team through that too. And even back in the assassins days, I was going along and seeing the team play just such a huge fan of the, uh, you know, the girls have such incredible determination. They are so humble and watching the, the, the stick work and the putt work of this game without the big hits and stuff uh, to me just makes a much better quality of game to watch, just much more enjoyable to watch. Uh, with that in mind, we have got for this season, the captain, uh, Ashley Pelkey, who's come from Vermont to be with us as one of the uh, imports. Welcome, Ashley. Great to have you here. Thanks for having me. So what's your impression? So how long have you been in Australia for so far? Um, I moved, uh, I left home September 14th. So I've been here. Oh, so a little while. I've been here for a little over a month. Um, I've been able to go to the vineyards up in the hills. I've been able to go to Sydney. So, so far I Okay, now you, you can't, day. see this is the thing about coming to Adelaide as well. You can't just say, I went to a vineyard or I went to a cellar door, then without describing the favorite wine you had and a little bit about it. So okay, I can't do that, I can't do that. Okay, you get, next time you go and do this, you've really got to start nailing these ones, okay? okay but my favorite thing was just that they were free wine tasting, so. Okay, <laughs> that's that definitely a plus. That's definitely a plus. I think my favorite was, um, we went to Paxton. I think they sponsor yep. the men's team, which I really okay. enjoyed. I really enjoyed their wine. I can't remember what they were called, but all right, I guess I need to learn more about wines. <laughs> Perfect you, place you, to do it. Exactly. I think you just will by, by pure consumption. So that's all good. Uh, so you're from Vermont. Can you explain a little bit about where, uh, where you've come from in terms of uh, playing, in terms of the college team that you're playing for and stuff? Uh, so I started playing hockey when I was about four years old. And it probably wasn't until I was in grade 12, grade 12, which is the year before you go to university or can go to university, that I decided I wanted to play um, college hockey. And my skill level um, wasn't wasn't great enough for Division One, so I settled on trying out for a team um, in Division Three, which was Castleton, and I managed to walk onto the team that year and. Um, I stayed with them for four years and by the time I was a senior I was one of the captains for the team and just really enjoyed my time time there you know I'm I owe everything that I am as a person to that school and to the people I met and I'm just I'm so indebted to that school and to everyone there because they really shaped me to who I am today. So what's it like actually being uh, a player in development at a, at a, at a college in the US? Um, I, I guess as a development player, I mean, you traditionally you start very young, whereas here um, I've noticed it's more common to start in your later years. It's something you kind of pick up and take on, which I think is absolutely amazing. I mean, you don't see that as much back home, but you start at a young age, and I think depending on your family, um, 
they could either put a ton of pressure on you to do well because they want you to go to a, a good school one day and play hockey for their school. But that wasn't the case for me. My parents basically told me at the beginning of every season that if you want to do this, you go ahead and you do it and you're going to go all the way until the end, until next year if you want to do it again. So they're very supportive and just basically said that if you're going to commit to something, you're going to finish it. And I basically committed to hockey and haven't stopped yet. So. And your family background with hockey goes, I mean, it goes a long way back in two ways, I guess. On one hand, you know, you're, you were saying that your uncles and um, um, your, your grandfather was really hockey mad. Did he play as well? Um, I'm not 100% sure if he played. He might have, but he was a big um, Tampa Bay Lightning fan. Sure. He was pretty sick, I think it was, in 1987. So he um, actually ended up requiring quadruple bypass surgery. Far and out, man. Yeah, and he suffered through four strokes during that surgery. Oh, my so God. When he came out, <laughs> yeah, when he came out of it, he couldn't. He couldn't remember how to talk. He couldn't remember how to eat. He couldn't remember basically anything. So he went through a hard stage. And I think having kids and having them go through hockey and be involved with hockey really helped his recovery process because he was able to still be a part of it. And I mean, even when I was in high school, he would come out to the bench on a team that he had no relation to and he would just run the door for us going in and out. So, I mean, he was very involved with it. Um, I'm not sure if he played when he was younger, but I assume he did with how passionate he was about it. Sure. And your, I mean, your, um, your, your uncles, they've all played, you come from, your father's family was a really big family, Mm -hmm. but I guess as well, the, the big difference is, you know, it's, it's so much more of a cultural sport just because of the climate, I guess, because you were talking about uh, the the kind of rinks that were set up in your front yards of your family's front yards when you were young. Can you talk a bit about that? Yeah. um, I mean, majority of the year in New England, in the New England region, which Vermont is one of the states in the New England region, is very cold and there's usually snow from about late November until sometimes even March. So, that's a very long period to have cold weather and it's just it's easy to run a hockey rink it's easy to make homemade rinks it's easy to skate on the pond so it's a very accessible sport I guess you could say so back home when I was younger a couple of my uncles made the homemade rinks on their front lawns and which allowed us kids to not sit inside and play video games or just kind of be bums during that time so we went out and skated on the rink for hours and hours and hours and i mean i'm surprised we didn't get frostbitten but yeah this is clearly happening at a young enough age that you're not only forming incredible like levels of skill young those foundational skills around skating and just you know handling a stick and those sorts of things but these are creating really uh wonderful memories of what a great childhood is like at the same time so do you find that when you go out on the rink now even now there is a sense of kind of oh this was i remember this from when i was young this was so fun it makes me feel kind of you know that kind of warm glow that you get from great childhood memories i think it's more common to feel those memories when you go on a rink that has definitely probably seen better days um, right some of the older rundown rinks, you kind of joke and you go out there and you're like, wow, it feels like we're playing pond hockey out here because <laughs> it's just not very level. There's a lot of ruts in the ice. And I mean, it's more common, I guess, when you step out onto a pond 
and you clear off the snow and you play but we have an outdoor rink in my town back home and going there and skating with a bunch of people I mean that will bring back a ton of memories but I think because I've been involved with the kind of the higher level elite playing style um stepping onto any rink just kind of reminds you of those games that you won that really meant a lot and you know those championships or those close games that you lost and those emotions I guess kind of come back more commonly at least so far in this league so what was it like you're you're here in Adelaide now playing for the Adelaide Rush you've been appointed the captain what was that whole process of getting involved with the Rush how did that all begin for you um so a girl, um, Hannah, she came here with me from Castleton. We basically were about, we were basically ending our season back home and we're like, wow, like you're taking a year off and I don't really know what I want to do yet. Um, how cool would it be if we went and played overseas? So there's this huge overseas women's ice hockey website that you can go on to. And there's just a list of all of the countries and all of the teams in the country. And Basically, Hannah was looking at it one day and she saw Australia and she's like, there's a there's a league in Australia. Like, how cool would it be if like we went to Australia and played? And I was like, you know what? Like, let's do it. And I think at that time it was just kind of far fetched. We were like, yeah, like, let's just try. Like, you never know what could happen. And um, we contacted every team in the Australian Women's Ice Hockey League and basically said, you know, we have game footage. We have player resumes. We have work resumes. Um, basically could we play for your team? And Adelaide was the first team to offer us a position with the best deal at hand. And we accepted. And I think it wasn't until we booked our flights to come here that were non-refundable that we were like, (laughs) okay, we are actually doing this. There's something about the word non-refundable that all of a sudden makes it all very real. Oh yeah. And it was definitely a pretty penny. It was pretty expensive. So, I mean, we we were like, you know what? It's a once in a lifetime experience. It's not even like we're going for a full year. And worst case scenario, if we absolutely hate it, we can just go home. And how's it going you know? so far with that? Oh my gosh, I'm loving it. <laughs> I did not expect to enjoy myself as much as I have so far. I mean, I think in this next month, I mean, we're in November now. So I don't know if you know this, but Thanksgiving back home is on the 23rd. And it's going to be a I hard time. I didn't know time. when it was, but yeah. I know it's a huge deal. It's the third Thursday in um, November. So Hannah and I have already started to plan out what we're going to do for Thanksgiving. We're sort already, of an orphan's Thanksgiving sort of thing. Yep. We're going to contact our parents, find out our usual recipes. And my mom's already shipping over some canned pumpkin so I can make <laughs> a pumpkin pie because you don't sell that here. But um, no, I'm, I think around the holidays will be the most difficult because I've never been away from family during the holiday season. So wow. it'll... It'll be it'll be tough, but we have each other, and hopefully we'll be able to make it through. Now, games. Let's talk about that. So you've uh, so Sydney's done. Uh, you were in Sydney. Well, I guess in in real time where we are now. It, it just happened last weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us about it. What was it like? Um, so the first game, I think people on the team kind of had this conception of what it was going to be like because of past seasons. And I, th- I think the best part for Hannah and I is that we have no expectations. I mean, yeah. what is handed to us is what's handed to us. And when we went out and played Sydney, I I w- didn't know what to expect, but I was ready for anything that was going to be thrown at us. What was your first impression? My honest one? Yeah. Um, 
they aren't as good as I thought they were going to be. Wrong. And um, I guess for a team that went 12-0 and last year, so 12 wins and no losses or probably a couple more because of playoffs, I, I expected more. And yeah. I think that by the end of the season, once we grow as a, as a whole and as a team, that we, they're so beatable, it's not even funny. And well, I noticed that at the end of the second game, I was watching it on the stream here, and the people that were commentating were really quite taken aback by how Adelaide were performing against them, as as not only as, I guess, how Adelaide was last season, but how all the other teams fared against them last season. I mean, last season, they were literally the unbeatable team, literally mm-hmm. and metaphorically. No, no one could really uh, sort of like get close to where they were. But I could even see by the end of the second game on the Sunday, I mean, I'd, I'd be keen to know what you thought about it. I was just from, from watching it point of view. But all of a sudden, you know, Adelaide's formations were really locking in place and you actually had some time um, to sort of like when uh, you, you were, you know, on um, their goal side of the blue line, you were like passing the puck to each other, kind of going, okay, looking for an opportunity. Whereas in previous seasons, you didn't see that kind of space and time being able to be given. They're not sure what to do next. Did you find that as you got to that sort of point of the second game, you're going, okay, we're starting to really lock in? Because I guess you didn't, hadn't even played together with a lot of the other players up until that point either, until that weekend. Yeah. Um, so the first game on Saturday, I thought we played much better than we did the second game. Okay. Um, How so? We just, I think we connected a lot better. We trusted each other a bit more. And I, I'm i not really sure why, but um, just together we held them off for a while and we played well as a whole. And in the first period and the second period of the second game on Sunday, we played very individualistic. There was just a lot of shots going on net. A lot of them were going through. We couldn't figure out where to pick up the sticks, where to keep the rebounds from going in, and we couldn't get the puck in their end. And unfortunately, in this game, you can't win a game unless you get the puck in their end and score. Mm. So we struggled a, a bit with that, and I think once, I think emotions were very high during the first and second period. There was a lot of um, choice exchange words going on amongst okay. players out there, um, not amongst Adelaide, but like between the two teams, Adelaide right. and Sydney. So. Right. I mean, in the heat of the moment, sometimes you, you say things that you probably shouldn't, and unfortunately that affected us because we were in the box quite a bit. Um, we had to kill a five-on-three at one point. But once we took that intermission between the second and third period and just kind of sat down, reflected, caught our breath, we were like, okay, it's seven to nothing right now. We can either just throw the towel in and be done, or we can step it up and actually play hockey. And so we went out there, and we just played hockey we started playing together as a whole and once we got that first goal the ball just kept rolling and yeah so on and so on ratcheting up it was incredible and um i obviously we didn't hear what the commentators were saying but i think um i think i heard that sydney hadn't had that many goals scored on them um in a weekend than they have in a in a couple years yeah which i look at as a huge accomplishment and it's common in hockey to kind of show each period to be a mini game so for the first 17 minutes second 17 minutes and the 20 minutes i'm not sure how the periods go but um every period is a mini game so if you win every mini game you win the game if you win the first one tie the second one lose the third one there's a chance it could be even yeah um but a good way to stay positive throughout the game is to 
understand the highs and lows of the game. And during the third period, we actually won four to two. So as a whole, we we managed to be better. And that was the best thing because already we're seeing improvement. And that's all we could ask for. And what was the vibe of people coming off, um, the players coming off the ice at the end of that game after that third period? Was What were people saying? What, how were people feeling? We've never scored on Sydney that many times. <laughs> really? That was basically, I think there's a lot of positive energy. And I mean, we, we truly gave it our all in the third period and understood that, you know, we have nothing to lose. And like I said, we could either throw the towel in or play hockey. And we all chose to play hockey and that was the best thing. Mm. Um, it's really nice to see the, the comments that were being made on sort of like social media and, and the few conversations I've had with people after that like even though it was a I mean it was a weekend where two games were lost I mean on paper that's what it was but I think behind that was a sense of you know a huge lift a huge lift in morale and a huge improvement on the side of the team uh everyone's so overwhelmingly positive it's it's really wonderful to see yeah I think I most people that I've talked to and who have known the team from past years and have known them from this year so far, have just said it's a completely different team out there. And a big a big leadership characteristic of my own is that no matter what situation you're in, if you look at the po- if you try to find the positive side in it, you will have a positive outcome. And if you focus on the negative things, you're only going to see a negative outcome. And yeah. um, as a leader on the team, my feelings are the least important to myself. I know that everyone else on the team needs to be in the right mindset and everyone needs to have a clear mind in order to do well. And if we go out there and use each other and hold each other accountable and believe in each other that we can achieve so much more than we we realize that we can. And just re reiterating that to the girls and basically at the beginning of every game you should be angry you should be really frustrated that the other team on the other end of the ice wants to beat you and that's not okay and using that energy as a common ground for everyone really can bring the like the intensity of the game up and I think that's something that they might have lacked because I mean some of my my pre-game spiels I guess you could say um, are very aggressive and they all just kind of look at me wide-eyed and they're like, I could just listen to you talk all day. And I'm like, <laughs> I was like, let's go beat them. <laughs> just like the best thing. So I think Hannah and I bring a different type of energy to the team that they haven't seen. And hopefully it'll help build um, the team culture and the bond amongst the girls. And I mean, for some of the younger girls on the team that are new, hopefully it'll give them something to look up to and try to aspire to be. Yeah. No. Well, look, I'm I'm really amped. I'm really excited to see the first um, home weekend. You're you're playing Brisbane. Have you had a chance to see any of their games? Any anything on video at all? Not yet. Um, I'm curious to see if I can get my hands on the Melbourne Brisbane game that happened while we played Sydney. Right. Because I think that'll be a. More- it's up there. It's on YouTube. They've kept kept them up there. Yeah, I'm yeah. hoping to get my hands on that. So then Hannah and I can kind of just look at it, see what they see what they do. Because that's what we did before the Sydney game was watch um, last year's game against Adelaide, and the best part was being able to pinpoint where the problem areas were and sure. how easy easily fixed they could be and if i can do that with the melbourne and brisbane game then what's one example of like a problem that you saw that you went okay i can see an easy fix for them um for the sydney game it was probably that they were shooting from everywhere and 
um, Adelaide sort of just played scared um, back on their heels is what we call it and they kind of watched the puck a lot um, which when you do that you're already a couple steps behind the opponent and you just need to be thinking all the time you need to you need to have your head on a swivel when you're in the d zone you need to block shots sacrifice the body and just basically do everything you can for the team in an action essentially yeah cool yeah, well, really looking forward to it. And I think everyone everyone who's listening is amped as well. Uh, yeah. Let's hope Go so. out there and kick it, man. Uh, Ashley, thank you so much for coming in today for the first episode of Rushcast, the first time we've ever done this. So uh, hopefully people who have listened, I hope you're enjoying it. If you want to subscribe to it, you can get the new episodes as they happen. Um, it'll be up on iTunes and SoundCloud. So it'll all be there. So thank you, Ashley. And good luck for this coming weekend. Thank you. I hope to see everybody out there. See you soon. Bye.